Jada Durden, and I'm an African-American woman in operations at San Francisco Public Works. When I was a cement mason apprentice, the first job I had, the business agent said, you won't last. I'll be back. When he came back, he said, you made it. You lasted. I can't believe it. The second person told me I was uneducated and didn't have a high school diploma. And I was in the middle of the cement shop and at DPW. And I started my education and I finished it. And even when they said I couldn't get the job, I did. So you just tell me I can and I will. Some fire inside of me makes me want to persevere and do better. All of my worst challenges just made me push harder. If you push me, I'm going to push harder back. That's been my mentality. Uh, most people call me Jada. It's easy. That's so they won't chop up my name. I've been with operations for 20 years, and my current role is deputy director for operations. So I oversee all of the maintenance workers on the yard uh, for cleaning the streets, street sweeping the streets, washing down the streets, also all of the crafts, sheet metal, roofers, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, floor guys. Uh, we also have Bureau of Urban Forestry, landscaping, arborists, cement shop, we also have another division, which is uh, street repair, where we fill the potholes in the streets. We repave streets. We have engineers, community outreach. So, uh, yes, yeah, pretty much boots on the ground. Um, no office workers. We're in the field doing the work every day. Because we are 24-hour operations, I am the only deputy who is on for 24-7. So I get calls all the time. We work all through the night and during the day. So we're driven by service orders. So that's like you call in and say, it's a mess over here. And then we have routine maintenance work. The night crew, they clean the areas where all of the people that come to the city come through. So when the sun is up, it's nice and clean and it's because night shift came through. By trade, I'm a journeyman cement mason. So 20 years ago, I applied for the city as a cement mason, and I was hired as the first female cement mason in the shop. And then thereafter, I became the first cement mason soup one, then a soup two, and then I became an assistant superintendent. And I just gradually went up the chain, and I went to school. Once I went to school and obtained my degrees, this job came up six months after I graduated, and I didn't think I would ever get this job. But I said, ah, let me shoot my best shot. And I did. And they picked me. And I'm happy. I hope they're happy with the pick as well. <laughs> when I found out I was at home, if you knew me, you probably could have heard me. You probably heard me. You just didn't know it was me. <laughs> I screamed so loud. I was... Uh, yeah, it was great. I think all of the challenges in life have prepared me for today. Concrete is a hard job. It's pretty competitive. 
you don't see it when you see him pouring concrete, but um, it's a lot of competitiveness. Um, I, I would say someone coming in as a female finisher, you have to be strong. It's a physical job, and not every woman is physical. So you have to make sure that you're ready physically and mentally to deal with a job such as that. The only reason why I got into it is because of the pay and that I could get into the apprenticeship without an education. But um, for a woman coming to Intimate Mason, understand it is challenging, but um, you just got to stay physically fit and uh, be ready because the men are coming. <laughs> and they do not like women out there unless you could pull your own weight. In the beginning of my career in Samir Mason as an apprentice, uh, in a male-dominant world, it's it's pretty difficult. And a lot of times I wouldn't say anything. I just was do what I was told. And then when I gradually promoted up, even before I came to the city, I was a foreman, and it was worse, difficult. Um, I was challenged a lot, given tasks that they thought I would fail. So I completed those tasks, but I said, you know, my next job, I want to do things the right way, you know, cut no corners, say how I feel. And a lot of times it didn't work, but um, eventually I, I got understood by superiors and um, I like to prove people wrong. So if you tell them it's not right in the beginning and then you do what they say and then the outcome is what you say, then they look at you in a different light like she knew what she was talking about. So that's why I did it. I was a cement mason and I had been working outside and it's real busy working in construction outside and I actually didn't want to come to the city. I applied because somebody told me, you should apply. And my company was about to send us to Hawaii, but I have three young children. And um, I could have left them at home with their father, but they called for the job. And I was like, wow, should I really go? I mean, I'm making this good money. And then I come to the city. Like my mentor, who was my boss then, she was my supervisor and she was my apprentice teacher. And um, she told me, no, you have kids. You should go. It's a better place. I'm like, okay, I'll try out the city. Get to the city. It was so slow. I mean, like, I couldn't understand it. Like, what is this? Outside, we're pouring like 40 trucks of concrete. And here we are pouring a quarter of a truck a day. So I said, I, I don't know what to do. So what I would do is I would finish the job and then call a supervisor. Like, you need me to go somewhere else? They were like, Sure. So I was really busy. At first, they didn't couldn't understand it. But then it was like, OK, just let her go. And I was doing all of these jobs. And they, I started seeing, like, now I got a truck, which usually you don't get a truck by yourself. I started getting all the tools really quick. I remember that some, I told somebody, this place is so slow. One day, I'm going to run this place. I'm going to be a supervisor in this shop. The guys laugh at that because the ones who were here, they say, you did it. But then I said, OK, I'm going to apply for this supervisor's job, got the supervisor's job, and then all the supervisors hated on me. So I couldn't pour concrete to the end of the day. And um, I just kind of got our team together and say, look, they say we the C team, right? But we're going to be the A team. We're just going to stick in there and do our job efficiently. And that supervisor, he pulled me in the office and showed me how much concrete everybody else was pouring. 
He said, I need you to pour more than them. That was easy. See, that was a task. Did that. Every day I was doing more work than everybody. Still getting problems from them, you know, saying nasty stuff, little issues. And then one day the soup two test came out. And I said, oh, I just want to take the test. Just get experience taking the test, right? Well, they really got on my case then. The supervisor like, no way. You're not going to be able to make it. You're a rookie. Don't, no, no, that's not, mm-mm. So on the day that I took my test, I said, forget it. It's, it's fixed. I'm not going. And my supervisor did. He took the test. He said, what are you doing sitting here? And I said, oh, it's fixed anyway. They don't want me. Y'all don't want me as a soup too. I'm not, I just want to do this. He took me down there to take the test. And when I took the test, I was so mad because I got into it with a supervisor that day. I just was answering the questions. Back then, we didn't get to type it. It was like straight up. Three hour writing, right? And I wrote all the way crooked the wrong way. I'm like, they're not going to take this test. And um, back then it was, um, it was on Golf Street. We used to put an application in. And uh, I took the test and I waited and they said, sent me a letter and said, oh, the results, if you want to see the results, it said Golf Street, right? So me and my daughter, I remember we rode down on our bikes. She had her little helmet on and I looked said, you stay out here and watch the bikes while I run in here and look at the list. Because they would post the list. And I looked at the list and I was number one. Number one. 1060. I got a thousand points and 60 points extra. I was like, oh my goodness. That's so funny. So I ran outside. My daughter was like, what's wrong, mom? I said, I scored number one. I scored number one. So back in those days, that list would stay posted for a week. And then everybody would see the full list okay so now after the five days the list come out oh wow you could hear a pin drop when i walked in right so it's like oh you score number one. Oh, okay no problem then the animosity started getting real thick Ugh. then we had the interview and um i got the job My first day was absolutely horrible. We had to purchase things and, you know, you had to know all the clients and supervisors took their Rolodexes home. So I couldn't know how to do things. And I would ask a question and they would say, you need to um, figure it out yourself. But while the supervisors had their Rolodexes, I was in finance in Offma, learning everything. I had, every day I would grab a stack of Things and I would see how much they purchase in a week and I would average it out and look at it. And then I would call the clients and call all the purchase and order people. And I figured it out. And then one day I, I came and I had a staff meeting and I told them, this is how we doing it. Well, no, this is nope. This is how we doing it. It says here, this is what we do. So I've always been uh, policy orientated because that's the only way I learned is by reading, looking at finances. And after that, it was all uphill since then. After that, I, I did get an opportunity to be an assistant superintendent for Buff. We didn't have a superintendent then. Uh, they kind of eliminated Buff and moved us into the cleaning division. So I was tasked with overseeing the landscaping and, and the arborist. And here I am, a cement mason. It's like, what? I don't know anything about this. And of course, 
They gave me a hard time as well, but the difference is every day they showed up, I was there before they showed up. When they left, I was there. I would show up to jobs. I saw everything. I learned what they did. We went through a couple of good storms in the city where we had some significant flooding. I was out there with them by myself, night and day. It's like I had to earn my stripes again. When I was coming up, they were really openly negative on women promoting up. Now, they're just good at what they do on keeping it on the under. We still got a long way to go. We still underpaid as women to a male. We still get the second looks. I do think we have a step forward, though. I don't know if it's a full step, but yeah, we've come a long ways. I could agree, but we still have a long way to go. I think the hardest hurdle is when you make a decision and you say something needs to be done and that same person who you're talking to will ask the male standing next to you, well, what do you think? And they say the exact same thing and they respond to that person, but not to me. And sometimes that happens now. Not from my boss, but in other situations. It could be a meeting. It could be, you know, anything. That's still a hard challenge for me when I said the same thing. You want to go ask somebody else right next to me? That's like disrespectful. And I still get that. It doesn't matter if you're deputy director or director. People tend to second guess women on decisions that we make. Even if it's the right decision, they got to go ask somebody else. Another man. As a woman, we're held to higher standards. And so you have to think things through, make sure that the decisions that you make, you stand behind them and that we will always make mistakes. But it's okay. Stand by your own words and make that choice. And whatever happens is what happens. It's hard being a woman in management. And I think my advice is to... Be passionate about what you do, and that will overcome all the negativity. And always have someone that you can talk to later on if you're having some issues. We need a support system. And um, we as women, we tend to uh, click up when we find out somebody have the same situation somewhere else. And those type of times help. I encourage women to continue to be all they can be because that's what we're doing. Education is the key, and um, remember not to make decisions angry, and sometimes you have to back out of making a decision if you're angry. That's important, and to just stay humble and always put the shoe on your foot and think about what other people are thinking um, when you make a decision and how they feel. I think that's all important. Just uh, treat people how you want to be treated. Uh, respect everyone. Be yourself and um, hold true to yourself and stand behind the decisions you make, you know? I hope that helps because my journey was a difficult one and I am a pretty strong woman, but I am a, still a woman with emotional feelings and still to this day, some days I get upset and understand those days will happen, but they too shall pass and it'll be okay. You'll heal. Wow.
Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast.